This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Milson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. Good afternoon, Warriors, and happy Sunday. When this episode drops, it'll be Tuesday, so hopefully everybody had a nice, safe weekend. Um, I have a couple notes here before we get to today's content, and just want to acknowledge that today is February 27th. Uh, We're nearing the end of Black History Month, or as I like to call it, Black Excellence Month. Um, There are so many influential African Americans that are involved in the mental health industry, and one in particular that I want to note um, is Francis Sumner, who was one of the first African-American psychologists to receive a degree. So I think that was pretty cool to share. And for all that are listening, you know, of course, mental health matters for all at the end of the day. And of course, there is there is that gray area where some people just don't receive that help. And I'm happy to say that I myself am an advocate for mental health and will always help anybody that I can help. And the other note that I had written down here was the tragic events going on in the Ukraine. Um, I know quite a few people that are from the Ukraine and are all magnificent people. Um, So if you guys could just say prayers and any, any kind of love and strength that you can send towards people, you know, that have people that are family in the, Ukraine, um, you know, of course, much appreciated from my end. Um, For today's content, we're going to be discussing coping skills and the importance of self-care. Now, when we talk about coping skills, uh, you know, the first things that come to mind is like journaling or taking a walk, right? But I'm going to dig a little further into the different types of coping skills and the importance of self-care, which, you know, basically go hand in hand. But with self-care, you can take your own steps into taking care of you, making sure you put yourself first once in a while and reassure you that everything that you do for yourself isn't selfish and that you can do it without feeling regret. So let's get started on the, the coping portion of the podcast. And let me just stress to you that a lot of people go through traumatic events in their life. A lot of people deal with events that don't know necessarily how to, how to cope with those certain situations, you know, whether it's abuse, whether it's loss, uh, whether it's losing a friend, which, you know, arguably I, I would like to say that many people like to disregard the grief that goes along with losing a friend, because I feel like when somebody walks out of your life or, you have a disagreement with that friend and they stop talking to you or you guys just mutually part ways. There's a stage of grief that, that goes on there and grief isn't always somebody losing their life. Sometimes it's somebody walking out of your life or cutting you out of their life or vice versa. And it's heartbreaking guys, you know, and that's when coping and dealing with the things that we deal with day to day and figuring out how, 
we can cope in those ways. Cause I know there's so many ways to cope and there's even more so ways that are unhealthy uh, ways to cope. You know, there's, there's self-destruction. There's, you know, just numbing yourself to the point where you just don't want to feel anything. And, you know, I myself have, have had to uh, expose myself to those specific ways of coping. And, you know, it's, it's not pretty guys, you know, mental health isn't supposed to be rainbows and, and, you know, unicorns. It's, it's messy. It's black and gray and there's some little bits of sunshine, but at the end of the day, guys, I I can't stress enough how important it is to take care of yourself. And there's so many, there's so many people that are dismissive when it comes to mental health where, you know, as I talked about in our last podcast, where they just say, Oh, well, you're fine. You'll get over it or just keep your head up or keep fighting. And while it may come off to them as trying to help you, um, most people don't know how to help somebody without, you know, making themselves uh, feel heard instead of trying to understand why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Like, you know, if somebody's going through a really rough time and they pour their heart out to you and all you have to say is it's going to be okay or just keep your head up, you know, it's not only is it dismissive, it's, uh, it's not very encouraging to hear um, things like that come from people that are supposed to listen to you. I mean, I myself have it poured my heart out to people that turned out to use it against me. So, you know, just try to be there for one another, guys. You know, try to try to actually listen and understand instead of trying to just reply to what somebody's saying to you. You know, read over it a couple times. See if you missed any important information because you never know if they need to reach out to you again. It's like, hey, you know, this situation that I'm going through, I, I need some advice. And then you're like, I don't remember talking about that again. That falls back to people not listening, people just responding to respond instead of trying to understand. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dig into the coping portion of this because it's a little bit to cover. Um, I think we can do this in about the 30-minute episode. Um, Got a lot of really good information for you guys and, of course, uh, put a little bit of my uh, experience in here as well. Um, So... There is disassociating and disconnecting. And what does disassociating mean? A lot of people throw that word around and either don't know what it means or just don't really understand. Basically, um, it's depersonalization, derealization, amnesia, identity confusion, and identity alteration. And for, you know, for layman's terms, for somebody like myself, who when you hear all that stuff, it just sounds like a lot of big words, right? It's basically when you're disconnecting from reality. Um, You don't really know what's going on. You have trouble understanding what somebody's saying to you or somebody's trying to explain to you because you're just, you feel like you're unplugged. You're mentally unplugged. And that's, that's the point that we, we get to sometimes when we're, when we're struggling with this stuff, guys. And I feel it's, it's super important to, find ways to keep your brain away from uh, disconnecting or disassociating yourself from uh, from life because it's sometimes it's healthy to unplug but I feel like more oftentimes than not uh, you put yourself in that mental state of being completely numb to the world around you and 
you know, sometimes you do have to unplug, but uh, most of the time you need to find ways to keep your brain um, from shutting completely down. You know, uh, I, I know people who have lost, uh, you know, family members and they just feel every time that their anniversary comes around, they feel like the world just stops and stands still and they completely shut down. And, you know, I'll dig into how to deal with loss in another podcast, but um, I feel like it's important to take care of your brain, you know, take, take care of yourself to the point of where you don't have to disconnect when, when events happen to come up or anniversaries come up or whatever, because it's, uh, it's definitely something that a lot of us deal with and triggers are really big with disassociating. Um, basically it's an overload response, right? It's, when you hear, when you smell, and, and the senses are a really big thing with disassociating is when you smell a certain smell, like somebody's perfume or, you know, you smell somebody smoking or whatever it is, and something in our brains just clicks and it puts us in that that state of mind where you're completely just shutting down. You're crawling into that that shell that you made for yourself so long ago that you can hardly fit yourself in anymore because you're growing. Um, and I feel when you, when you disconnect from everything, it's, it's a way for your brain to recharge, but the healthiest way to do it is while you disconnect, find ways to cope, um, with, with the certain thing that you're struggling with. So there is problem focused coping, which is basically, Seeking more information before you're ready to deal with a confrontation. Um, me, myself, I don't really like confrontation with people. I don't like arguments. Um, I don't like having to explain myself or anything. Um, I, I feel my actions speak for themselves um, nine times out of ten. And if it's going to turn into a fight, um, you know, I like to find all the information that's there and try to understand why somebody's upset with me or why I'm upset with somebody and try to approach it from the healthiest standpoint. So if you're disconnecting or quote unquote, shutting down from uh, an argument, um, which a lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong with walking away there. There's nothing wrong with walking away from a specific uh, argument or struggle that you're dealing with and coming back to it when you have more, to offer to the situation, like de-escalating. And I, I feel this is a healthy way to cope because, you know, like I said, when you have all the information there, you're trying to understand why that person is upsetting. And that goes back to my last comment of trying to understand why somebody's feeling the way that they're feeling instead of just replying uh, based on emotion. And I know as human beings, our first uh, reaction is to, you know, lash out or be upset or just act based on emotion instead of facts. And nine times out of 10, it, it turns the situation uh, worse. You know, most people don't know how to deal with confrontation in a healthy way. And there is a healthy way to deal with confrontation. And problem-focused coping is something that I feel everybody would benefit from, um, especially our parents growing up, man. Like, I can't tell you how many times my parents argued just to the sake of arguing and, you know, 
this person is not trying to understand that person and vice versa. And it just turns into a 20 year long fight, <laughs> you know, and that's just, that's just how mental health uh, has a play in everybody's life um, in one sense or another. And most people don't know how to function every day with those struggles. They just, you know, their immediate reaction is I'm going to be upset or I'm going to be pissed off all day because this happened. And it's a shame that some people have to go through life that way, but you know, it, it happens. Um, so that is problem focused coping. Then there is the emotion focus, which kind of goes with the problem focused coping. Basically it's avoidance withdrawal. Um, you know, putting yourself in a situation where you want to keep yourself numb. You want to, you know, drink or do drugs, you know, addiction is something I feel very strong about. Um, I, I feel it's swept under the rug more times than not. And there's more enablers than there are people willing to help others. And it's a shame because I feel that's one of the biggest struggles that anybody in the mental health field have is addiction. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with it. There's a healthier way of um, doing emotion based or emotion focused coping. And that falls under the lines of uh, writing or journaling for a more positive outcome. And for me personally, writing everything out that I'm going through, you know, whether it's struggles with my family or struggles with work, you know, I journal so much. I write a lot, um, especially for uh, for therapy sessions, because it helps me keep my thoughts organized. You know, I try to keep things balanced when it comes to positives and negatives, because life is all about balance, right? Life is basically trying to survive day to day. And obviously, to the best that we can, but if you don't have balance, you're, you don't have a healthy lifestyle when it comes to dealing with your mental health. If you have something going on in your life, I'm not going to be that guy to say, oh, well, find the positives and this and that because, yeah, you can, but you can't just tell somebody to shut their brain off because it doesn't work that way. I've had so many people say to me, oh, well, just think of all the good things that you have going on in your life. I'm like, yeah, those things are great, but Right now, I'm going through what I'm going through, and I need you to understand that I'm trying to p push past those things. And writing and journaling has helped me a lot. So I'm going to give you guys um, a little activity that my therapist actually gave to me. It's called the Compassionate Observer. Basically what it is is you take two different color pens, pencils, markers, whatever you have and you write out your thoughts. Um, your first thought on the first color could be anger, it could be depression, uh, whatever negative emotion you're experiencing. And instead of positive affirmations, basically try to come at it from a compassionate point of view. Basically, you know, combat it with, well, you know, I know you're going through this and we can get through this together and you know, just, just for uh, an example, you know, not exactly positive affirmations, but try to talk yourself through with positive, um, positive feedback. You know, uh, I'll give you a good example just because I feel like this will help somebody. 
Um, so I experienced a loss um, begin or in 2020, uh, somebody very close to my heart. And basically I was feeling, I was feeling empty. I was feeling upset that I missed her and I wanted to talk to her again. And I'll just read the very first part of this for you guys. Um, her name was Amy. She was very special to my heart. And I was feeling very empty and lost without her because uh, her birthday just passed here in January. And my compassionate observer wrote, which, you know, obviously is me, but in the positive light, Amy loved you so much. She, uh, she always cared about and cared about you. And I know your heart aches and I know you want to cry. Uh, these last two years have been equivalent to hell. You've lost your heart and you've lost your strength, but it's important to remember what they taught us. Amy taught us how fragile life is and Santi taught us how important it is to be there for one another. Amy loves and cares about you so much. Uh, live life how she wanted you wanted you to and celebrate her beautiful life Monday. Um, I love you. So the I love you part is probably the most important part of that um, whole paragraph that I wrote because the more you tell yourself you love yourself, um, you know, I'm not saying every second of the day, say, I love you. I love you. And just every morning, look in the mirror, look right into your eyes and say, I love you. And you'll never know the, the possibilities that it could open for you. Um, so another, so another coping skill is social support. This one's very common. Um, it's basically seeking advice, uh, emotional aid. This would fall under the line of seeking therapy. And obviously therapy is not for everybody, guys. I would never push it on anybody. Therapy changed my life in more ways than one. Um, if you're not comfortable with therapy, you know, you have people that you confide in. You know, you have that one special person that you can tell absolutely anything to and, you know, ask for advice, ask for some direction. Um, and, and for me, I personally found therapy to help me guide my thoughts in, in a positive manner. Uh, I was taught positive ways to cope with certain things. And for those of you who are interested in therapy, um, again, not pushing on anybody, but if you go on psychologytoday.us, um, it will bring you to the website that I used and you can filter out the gender you can filter out the city that you're in, uh, whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you want that therapist to cover it's right there. And it's probably one of the best websites I've ever visited. I've had plenty of people on there um, tell me how, uh, how easy it is to navigate and how fast they were able to find help. So highly recommend that for anybody interested in therapy. Um, it has done absolutely wonders for me. So there's the, the social support of, of coping. Now there's the meaning making uh, coping mechanism, which is something that I actually did not realize is something that I actually do. Um, I myself, of course, struggle with mental health, you know, being the reason I started this podcast was to try and help everybody. And it's helped a lot of people. Um, it's hard for me to convince myself how much of an impact that I've made on people's lives. Um, but 
basically what meaning making is is you're trying to you're trying to see the positive uh in and everything which again goes back to balancing um it's cognitive repraisal basically it's uh you're looking for meaningful aspects like uh you know asking yourself why me is probably the most unhealthy version of meaning making um you know of course getting you to a poor outcome now this is what i i do um, realizing how a problem fits into a larger pattern of your life. So for me, when I'm struggling with anything, um, it just comes down to why is this happening? Um, what can I do to improve it? What changes in my life can I make? You know, having a bad day at a job. Okay, let's apply for other jobs and see what's out there. Or uh, something didn't work out with a certain person. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I know my worth and I know I'm better than feeling like this because of somebody doing something to me. Um, it's something out of this co out of all these coping strategies, I feel like is the most important of the, the four simply because it helps you keep that balance in your brain. Um, it helps you look for the the positives of of what you're struggling with. You know, of course, you have you have loss in your life, and dealing with that loss is hard. But at the same time, it's like, what lessons did you learn from that person when you lost them? What strength were they able to pass on to you when they passed? Things like that. You know. Every time I go through a struggle in my life, yeah, it's a speed bump. I'm not going to lie when I say I've I've been to the lowest of lows and I've been to the highest of highs. And it's hard to to stay in the middle, guys. It's, it's hard to stay on top. And staying on the bottom of all your problems is probably the easiest thing you can do. And you know what? It's when you hit rock bottom in your life, you pretty much have nothing else to lose you know it's just like okay well if i make this decision nothing else could possibly go more wrong and that's unfortunately the, the unhealthy way of of dealing with problems uh for the most part for everybody because people get so content in their lives where it's just like it just seems misery is the new normal for so many people i found myself uh in this situation for six years working for a retail company and every day that would pass, it would just seem like, okay, well, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I just kind of gave up on myself when the six year came. It's just like, I finally stood up for myself. I finally said that I want to get better. I want to try new things. So moved out of state, um, found therapy, um, unfortunately moving to that state wasn't very beneficial to my mental health. So talking to the therapist I had up there, I came back down, um, to home and I've never been in a better place mentally, um, than I have been in my entire life. So I feel like the most important message out of this podcast is try to maintain balance in your life. I know there's a lot of parents that'll be listening to this and I know it's super hard to balance, especially when you have kids or you're a single parent. I can't even begin to imagine the struggle there, but I grew up with two single parents, my well, one single parent and then a parent who just was unstable and their relationships unstable. Um, 
And it taught me a lot of how I didn't want to raise kids when I have them. And for, for you parents out there who are, you know, single and hard to keep that balance, man, you guys got to try and put yourself first, even if it's for an hour, you know, have, have a family member or somebody watch, watch the kids go take a walk, you know, journal, listen to some music, you know, it just find that balance in your life where you can take care of you. So that brings me to the self-care portion of this podcast. And I just want to start by reassuring every single person listening to this podcast, you are not selfish um, for listening to your needs. You are not selfish for wanting to take care of yourself. Um, So don't let anybody make you feel like you're selfish, ungrateful, or a fake friend because you want to put yourself first. So let's, let's talk about some of the ways that you can practice some self-care. And what is self-care besides the obvious? Um, it's the, a way of training your brain into having a healthy routine. You know, uh, it can go along the lines of reading a book, you know, taking a walk in nature, which again, that falls along taking an hour to yourself. Go take a walk in nature. Um, go see a sunset. Uh, try meditating or doing some yoga. And believe it or not, one of the most healthiest ways of self-care would be to unplug from social media. Um, you know, turn off your phone, let everybody know, hey, I need an hour, I need I need a week, whatever you need. It's the most healthiest thing that we can do in 2022 because I know social media runs the world. Um, it's so hard to take care of ourselves, uh, whether it's mentally, whether it's emotionally, physically, you know, it's so hard to take care of ourselves, guys, because when you see those shortcuts, as human beings, we want to take them. Uh, We don't want to eat healthy, so we'll go get some fast food. Um, We don't want to deal with things in a healthy way, so we have a couple drinks. Um, You know, it's self-care is so important, guys. Um, For me, personally, self-care for me, looks like an Epsom bath, which, you know, the Epsom salt, if you guys are unfamiliar with that, um, highly recommend it. Helps you calm your body, um, all those oils and everything that goes into your body. Um, seeing the sunset for me is super important. I, I always try to do it simply because of sunset and what it means to me. Um, really big part of self-care. Um, and then, of course, there's the biggest one for me, and that's music. I Every single day, I constantly look for new music to listen to, and it's, it's nonstop for me. I have probably well over 10,000 songs in my Spotify because I'm always looking for something new. And, and I'm really big on artists that have uh, a huge hand in mental health. You know, for me, uh, Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Lincoln Park before he passed away was really big on mental health before the world started talking about mental health. You know, he was talking about abuse. He was talking about uh, um, suicide, you know, stuff like that. And it seems so taboo to talk about still to this day, but we're getting better. You know, we're getting better as a society every single day. Um, Facebook's taking an approach for, you know, people looking for mental health resources and asking you, do you need help? Do you need resources? And I think that's terrific. We're still a long ways from 
a healthy society, <laughs> you know? Um, but it, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. I just pray that mental health resources can be more affordable. You know, I, I just, it's such a hard topic to talk about because like I talked about in the first podcast guys is there's so many people in the mental health industry that just don't care. And it's a shame because when I feel like if you get a degree for mental health, your first thing should be, I want to help somebody. I, that's just me. That's my way of thinking. If I were to get a degree in mental health and I've, I've thought about it a couple of times, but, um, I feel when you're working in that mental health industry, your first thing would be wanting to help somebody, but unfortunately it doesn't happen. Um, and it's a shame, but those are the ways uh, I take care of myself for self-care. And for you guys, whatever self-care means, do more of that. One more thing I want to touch on is self-affirmations. Um, a lot of people don't know what affirmations are. So if you tell yourself that you can't do something so many times, nine times out of ten, you're not going to do it. You're going to either talk yourself out of it or you just you don't want to try something new and that's fine. You know, being out of your comfort zone is something that a lot of people struggle with. But for self affirmations, you know, tell yourself that you love yourself. Tell yourself that you can get that promotion. You can do that job and uh, you can create a new friendship. Um, Now for the quote of the day, before we wrap up here, this is from Barb Schmidt. You are a hero in your life when you stand up for yourself and expect nothing less than respect unconditional love and kindness from another person in your life always time is irrelevant some people will burn the bridge then ask why you don't visit (sighs) so powerful one of my favorite quotes that i've read in recent time so that's it for today's podcast guys i am chris and this was mental health movement podcast voice for the voiceless Uh, make sure you hit that bell at the top you know follow rate me five stars if you like the podcast Stay tuned for some future episodes because we have some special guests coming and I'm super excited to share more with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be gentle with yourself.